So welcome back to the Thought Police, Mr. Hello. Matt Kelly. Yeah, uh, back from a very glamorous trip to Athens. I understand. I've two trips to Athens in one week. Really? Yeah. Why don't you just stay there? Well, I couldn't convince my wife that I needed a week <laughs> in Athens. <laughs> Well, I can understand why yeah. you, would, you would be told to come back. That's yeah. fair enough. Uh, I've been to America in the meantime, and we'll talk about that coming up a little bit later on, because unlike the last time I went to America, where I was in California, where it was literally sort of 100 miles an hour, let's waste as much energy as possible and never talk politics, because we're all too busy making money. Yeah. I was in Connecticut with my sister, who's surrounded by champagne socialists, who yeah. just wanted to bitch about Donald Trump the whole time. I was there. Nice. So you'll like all that. Yeah. But what we should talk about first, I guess, is uh, the Tory leadership battle, because yeah. this week's the big week, yeah. where we get down to two. We had the debate on Sunday night. Channel 4, um, which was bizarre, very odd-looking thing to yeah. me. And Channel 4, I'm sorry to say, I still love their news, but I watch their news now more out of kind of curiosity yeah. than I do out of expecting it to be balanced, because they've just given up all yeah. hope of ever being balanced, haven't they? I think that, well, Jon Snow is definitely sort of out on a limb with yeah. his uh, Remain partisanship. Yeah. I mean, I like Channel 4 news, because it does give you a slightly I different like spin. It, yes. Yeah, and you sort of think, what would it be like without it? Because mm. the other two are so... Similar. I mean, I hate the BBC now. Yeah, yeah. Not for the same reasons. I just find it so kind of right on. Yeah. In a way. Right. You know, and also they, all they do is promote their own bloody programmes. You know, and, so yeah, they'll suddenly be interviewing yeah, yeah. somebody yeah. who's got a, a you know some documentary coming out. And you go, well, that's, that's fine. Right. It's not on the news. Yeah. Oh, and here's the one show. Yeah. Uh, we'll promote a load of stuff that we're doing as yeah. well. You know? And people don't realise, I don't think, just how hard life is in a media environment where yeah. you've got this enormous BBC working against oh, it. Yeah. So it really pees me off when. They start talking about go to their website to see this, that, yeah. and the other. You know, why have they got uh, all of these? This whole yeah. spectrum of media. I don't know. It's not their mission. No, and that's yeah. another thing we should argue about with the, the license fee and all that, which has yeah. been a big story over the last few weeks. But what do you make of the whole Tory leadership thing? Because Boris is basically running away with it, which you must hate. Yeah. Right? Uh, yes, I Boris. do. I'm terrified of you Boris. You don't want yeah. Boris in charge, do you? No, I do not. Because you probably expect him to leave without a deal. Um, I, well, the main, honest to God, the main, that's secondary. The mm. main reason I specifically don't want Boris Johnson in charge is that I think he is like a really odious character. You know, I, I don't trust him at all. Mm. I think he is a conniving, self-serving egotist. I suspect he's a bit of a sociopath in regards yeah. to getting where he wants to be. And he's got this incredible delusion that he is the next Winston Churchill. Yeah. And, you know, I re it makes me tremble to think what he would do in a serious but do you crisis. Not have, but do you not have enough faith in the system under which we live? <laughs> Over that, the last yeah, three years, honestly. Well, yeah, because, look, we haven't been able to do what the people wanted. Yeah. You know, Theresa May, whether you like her or not, or whether you believe yeah. that she had it in her or not, yeah. has not been able to make Brexit happen. Now, guys like you would say, well, that's a good thing. You know, mm. we basically had the House of Lords and the House of Commons preventing the people that you don't want to be in charge from doing what they want. And I think the Prime Minister's job now has actually become less powerful yeah. than it was. And I think Parliament now is far more powerful than it ever was, Well, in my, in my view. Well, so here's the thing. The reason uh, Parliament's very powerful is that Theresa May hasn't got a majority. Yeah. Now, if she had a majority of even, you know, a working majority, 20, 30, 40, we'd, we'd be out by now because she wouldn't need all of these codependencies and I think the whole True. I think the whole vibe of Westminster has been about wrestling with this inherent weakness yeah. that she created right. when she went for her big move with the election and completely flunked it. Yeah. But here's the scenario that really scares me. Johnson comes in, there's like a you know the log jam continues, Parliament won't budge, Johnson won't budge. So they call a general election. Mm. And I think it, it coinciding with Jeremy Corbyn's waning of popularity, yeah. 
you know, I think actually all of this talk about, you know, it's either Brexit or Corbyn in number 10, I think it's not true. I, I suspect Boris Johnson would win a general election. Yeah. So then again, I will be faced with the challenge of saying the people have got it wrong again. But, yes. You know, it's, you've been doing that for a long time. Yeah, though, it's becoming a habit. Well, yeah. But here's the other problem. Um, you know, Boris Johnson is out there, as you say, maybe he's a sociopath. I don't suppose many people disagree with you. Maybe he's a, a nasty piece of work, as no Andrew doubt, yeah. suggested. Yeah. It was Eddie Mayer, yeah. Oh, it was Eddie Mayer, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he is, um, you know, a guy who should not be in charge of anything. However, there are people who speak highly of him. When he was in the mayor's, when he did the mayor's job in London, yeah. I mean, I know a couple of people who work with him quite closely, yeah. who said that he's he's certainly no buffoon, mm. and a lot of what he does is an act. We yeah. saw what Jeremy Vine said yeah. about how he produced the same kind of speech. Yeah. It's 18 months apart when he yeah. pretended he didn't know what he was doing. Yeah. But isn't it better than the devil you know? Because, I mean, how many... Um, Prime Ministers have we had who were also psychopaths, but who pretended yeah. they weren't. But what do you know about Boris Johnson? I mean, here's what we do know, right? Yeah. He's been sacked twice for being dishonest, yeah. once to the government, once to a newspaper. Yeah. He uh, wrote two letters. You know, the man who now proclaims himself to be mm. the guardian of Brexit, he yeah. wrote two columns for the Daily Telegraph. Yeah, but, I, but everybody does that. I well, don't have a problem really? with that. Really? Well, well, well he clearly what, didn't well, have the that. Night, the night that we were, you know, the night that Beijing got awarded the Olympics, right? Yeah. I was working in the Daily Express in the features department. Yeah. We wrote five because we didn't know who was going to get it. <laughs> no, no, no. And guess what one we didn't write? Beijing. <laughs> so no, no, we didn't but, have that one But that was different because Boris right. Johnson wrote two columns, one saying right. we should remain, one saying yeah. we should leave. Right. And it was only a crunch point when he said, right, yeah, okay, I've got to go with this. Like that. Some people write like that. Like, yeah. for example, if you want to clarify something in your head, yeah. I mean, we are polemicists, if yes. you like. I mean, we're journalists, but we're also polemicists. Yeah. If you want to argue against somebody who's going to make an argument against yours, yeah. the best thing to do is to write their argument out yeah. before you actually have the argument. No, I, I appreciate you see what I mean? That's a very I good mean, point. I don't mean that, therefore, that, yeah. that means Boris Johnson's a good guy. I'm just saying, I, I think holding him up because he wrote two opposing articles yes. means nothing to me. Well, to me, so, okay, I accept that. But to me, it means that here was a guy who is not a Brexiteer conviction guy, right? Mm. And there was certainly at that point, there were arguments he was working out both for and against. Now he presents himself as the man who will t drag Britain out come what may. Yeah. I, I just don't have any confidence in his integrity. I think he will do whatever it takes mm. to get him through the, the door of Downing Street. Yes, but, I'm sure that's true. You know, and I don't and that scares me. And what he'll well, do afterwards, God knows. Yeah, but I'd rather have somebody that you know is untrustworthy in power yeah. because then you can put some, some things in place uh, and you can work with that. You can work around that, you know. Yeah. And I think it's kind of, it would be just as um, horrible to have Jeremy Hunt in charge, right? Yeah. Who I believe to be an opportunist of an even worse kind. Yeah. Who just recently, I think, has basically agreed with Donald Trump about yes. Sadiq Khan. Ext extraordinary. I mean, what yeah. sort of an idiot um, would side with Katie Hopkins? Katie Hopkins I mean, tweet. a woman who's ghastly. Yeah. Not a journalist, yeah. you know, a racist at the very best of times. And yeah. people who think that I'm right wing will now be yeah. castigating me going, oh, why have you got Katie yeah. Hopkins? Because she's a scumbag. Yes, That's she why. Is. She's a horrible piece she's of work. She's a ghastly woman. And now, just in case people don't know, she tweeted that there's, here's London, it's Stab City. Yeah, yeah. This is all down to Sadiq Khan's Londonistan. Yeah. And Trump retweets yes. that. But, and then Jeremy Hunt says, don't agree with the wording, but I agree yeah. with the sentiment. Yeah. You know. And I mean, anyone who's stupid enough to yeah. think that Donald Trump piling in on the numbers of deaths in London yeah. when he's got thousands of deaths oh. in every city in America. There was a great you know, graphic. There was, there was I saw with, that. with it all racked up, how yeah. we compare. Yeah. I mean, it's the, London's one and a half per one. I mean, London doesn't even qualify yeah. no, it doesn't as flicker. a place like yeah. New Haven, Connecticut, where exactly. I was just last week. Right. You know, which is a tiny city, but right. where they have a lot more killings yeah. and a lot more shootings than we yeah. have in London. Anyway, yeah. but the thing is, right, 
I don't like the look of Michael Gove, and we'll go on to why that is in yeah. a minute. I don't like the look of um, Rory Stewart. You, may, you and I may differ on that. But Rory Stewart, in, 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 in all intents and purposes, is a Remainer. Now, that's a yeah. guy who doesn't want to leave the European Union. That's yeah. fine, yeah. if you want to believe that. Go and join the Lib Dems. So go and my, do what Chuck Rabuna did. My, I agree that I don't like Rory Stewart either, but it's not for the, if, the other reason. The other reason is that I'm happy he's a Remainer, obviously, but his voting record is a Tory. I mean, right. he makes Genghis Khan look like a commie. He is like, he's been against uh, raising benefits. Yeah. He wants to in, uh, decrease corporation yeah. tax. He won't let hospitals have any more resource. Right. I mean, he is, he is a... And his answer to that, when yeah. he's asked about it, right, is that, well, I think you'll find that all the candidates have voted that way because we all vote with the government yeah. and the Tory party. Yeah. Well, okay, so you don't have any free will. Are you telling me yeah. that you vote on every time you're... You're whipped, yeah. so why aren't you doing it yeah. now then? You know? I mean, he votes against why? smoking bans and stuff yeah. like this. You know, I mean, he's a you know, he's like a hardcore Tory. Well, he obviously wants to be a libertarian, right? Yeah. But he's kind of caught between two stools because he's yeah. trying to do this whole, you know, let's break into the Me Too generation. Let's look at the fact that politics is broken. And rather than saying, um, you know, I'm the answer, I'm going to say, I'm going to work with all of you. Yeah. You know, it's we instead of me. Hello, this is a guy who's been going around London and the rest of the country filming himself, talking to people. You think he hasn't got an ego? Yeah. You know, this is a guy who hires a woman from yeah. America to go and work yeah. in his newly set up charity in Afghanistan. Yeah. You know, and I'm not going to say that I'm preaching from the high land of, you know, morality here, but he basically nicks this woman from her husband. They come yeah. over to work in his charity and you start shagging her. Yeah. You know, their claim is that, oh, I only started shagging her after he left her. Right. The husband doesn't quite tell it that way. Right. So, you know... This well, all, who, all's fair in love and war, but but I accept that... The what thing, I'm saying is yeah. he's not, you know, Jesus Christ on the mount. No. You know, putting his hands up and going, I'm a different kind of guy. But what, yeah. but, but what is annoying me is the realisation that, despite all of our talk about wanting to get away from personality politics, mm. it's the two personalities yeah. that are coming through. Boris doesn't even have to be there. No. Everybody's... In awe of well, Boris that's the Johnson. Best decision he made. Of course, you know, and keep all these him people off who say he's hiding. Yeah. They miss the point completely. Yeah, yeah. You know, it might might be great for Rory Stewart to get the clapping from the so-called Tory voting audience yeah. in Channel Four, yeah. which is an oxymoron. I've ever heard one, right? <laughs> um, but you know, it makes no difference because yeah. they don't get a vote. Yeah. You know, yes, the Tory party gets a vote, yeah. but not the rest of the country doesn't. No. Yeah. And so we've got. We, well, we're in a situation now where people are so thirsty yeah. for real politics yeah. you know they want to see real expression of views right. so the two guys who are going out on a limb and have been for a while one Boris Johnson because he can't help himself and that's his shtick and yeah. that's what will get him elected mm. and Rory Stewart because he realises that his best attack on Boris Johnson is to be the reverse yeah. but just to be as equally as yeah. outspoken right. and so you've got people there whose whose policies I don't know you know may be more convincing than either of those characters yeah but aren't really getting a show in because they haven't got that outspoken no. courage. Well, Michael Gove screwed himself yeah. by this cocaine confession. Yes. Now, I'm not sure how that all worked. I'd love to know what the yeah. mechanic was, because yeah. we all know, or maybe not everybody knows, but Sarah Vine is his wife. Sarah Vine is a very influential columnist at the Daily Mail. Yeah. I would say, I don't know if she's as influential under the new editor, Geordie Gregg, as she was. Probably under, a under little Paul bit Dager. muted, yeah. 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 But anyway, so she was the one who um, you know wrote about what it was like for Michael um, to be in the spotlight and all this. But they bought the book yeah. in which it revealed that he took cocaine. Yeah. Not once, not twice, but on several occasions, right? Yeah. Now, that happened just as I was leaving uh, to go off to the States. Yeah. And I remember talking to people over there and I said, well, he obviously revealed this because he thought he had to, because it was going to come out anyway. Yeah. But, you know, it's one thing to say, I smoked opium. 
and I didn't think it really had much of an effect. It's one thing to say, um, even as Boris did, I snorted cocaine once. Yeah. If you believe that, you know, you can believe whatever you yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he didn't say, I guess my first question to Gove would have been, well, how many times did you take cocaine yeah. exactly? Yeah. What were the circumstances? How much cocaine did you ever take in one go? Yeah. Did you ever buy it? Did you buy it? You know, the, that to me did you ever pay question. anybody yeah. to go yeah. and get some that's for right. you? That's right, that's right. You know, because that then suddenly yeah. becomes a much more serious issue. Yeah. And it wasn't when he was a kid. No. You know, Boris said he did it when he was a student. Um, Michael Gove was doing it when he was working for The Times. Yeah. Now, you and I have worked in the industry for a long time. You know, we know that there are people who take cocaine. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that you can just say... Well, so we all make mistakes and now I'd like to be Prime Minister. So, okay. So I, I mean, I, again, the fact that he's done cocaine, I was a little bit more appalled by the hypocritical column he wrote later where he was yeah. castigating other like-minded... two nights after. Exactly, right. right. So, so he's a hypocrite, but again, you know, not trying to mitigate or defend Michael Gove, but journalism is full of hypocrites and oh, we yeah. all write hypocritical columns if we think it'll get us a touch now and again and, and come to regret it later. Something that happened 25 years ago, I do agree with him that people should not be defined by their worst mistake in life. And if there's evidence that it was anomalous, mm. then there is a good case to be made to say we shouldn't think about that too much. And there's something very particular about British politics yeah. that we scrutinise them, not just how they are at work in Westminster, but also we really do go into their private lives to a degree that in France, for instance, yeah. they would find astonishing. Mm. You know, I mean, Mitterrand, Chirac, you know, the, all of these guys were absolutely cavalier. Yeah. Adulterous, well, you know, yeah. Of course they did. And, right. and it was never mentioned. And I think the reason it was never... Though, isn't it? But isn't that well, different? I mean, for example, I mean, I, I, you might accuse me of being a hypocrite because I raised, you know, Rory Stewart and the fact yeah. that he, he uh, ended up taking some guy's wife away from him. Yeah. You know, I don't necessarily care that he did that, yeah. but, it, but it tells you something about people. What they do in their private life tells you something about them. Yes. And I think for Michael Gove to have done drugs over a period of time, which is what my understanding is, yeah. for quite a long time, yeah. um, that's not the same as just trying it at a party. Yeah, my okay, so my I agree, I do agree. My the thing I thought Gove got completely and spectacularly wrong was the way in which he apologized yeah. for it. Because if I was Michael Gove, okay, you know what the downside's gonna be. You know that your enemy's gonna pour mm. buckets of all sorts over yeah. you. So you might as well make a case for saying, All right, you know, President Obama went on record saying he did cocaine. Yeah. Bill Clinton, you know, had dry cleaners busy in Washington DC yeah. for, for months on end. Uh, Martin Luther King shagged around. Gandhi right. used to like to sleep with young kids in his right. bed. You know, mm. th there is a procession of people who do great things and are also human. And if I was Gove, I'd have said, I made a mistake. Mm. It wasn't an uncommon mistake to make in that industry at that time. Yeah. It, but it was a big mistake. And I've learned from that mistake. And in government, I will help others in that same situation yeah. not make the mistake I made. Yeah. So... You know, there's a way of making a virtue of that, of what was a human mistake. I mean, I can't stand Michael Gove. You know, no. so the idea that I'm defending him. But he's a very capable politician. Yeah, well, he's and, very good on the on his feet. And he's very he's very smart. And, yeah. and he's very kind of, um, uh, what's the word, prosaic when he speaks. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he's got a great sort yeah. of command of the Do you language. remember that question time he did yeah. against Corbyn? I mean, yeah. he absolutely put him to absolutely the sword. Absolutely ripped you know. him to shreds. And yeah. I think that might be his best 
card to play yeah. is that he will destroy Corbyn yeah. at the at the dispatch And he box. tried to make something of that in the debate, didn't That's he? Right. The other night. He tried to say that he was the guy that could do it yeah. because somebody needed to be able to put this guy in his place. Yeah. But again, I just think that he's gone too far down the road yeah. of tarnishing himself because yeah. there are lots of people, you know, we live in metropolitan London, you know, we work in the media. Um, there are lots of people out there who are in the Conservative Party who live, and I know that, you know, it's ridiculous to say that there's no drugs in the countryside, but mm. these are not people who go to parties where people are doing coke. Snorting coke. No. It's not no. happening, no. you know, and no. it's a very far yeah. distance away from that. Yeah. And so it's not, you know, that normal yeah. for them. And yeah. so, for, and, and it's also, let's face it, it's a criminal offence. I mean, you know, we were talking today about uh, cannabis and possibly, you know, the, the, the kind of decriminalisation of it. Yeah. It's a very different thing. Yeah. You know, to suddenly admit to being, I want to be Prime Minister, but I did loads of coke. And he won't be able to go to the States anymore. Well, apparently, I mean, I'm not sure about that. I really? mean, my understanding is you have to have a conviction. Oh, I see. Doesn't However, it say, doesn't it say, have you ever taken Class A drugs or something? Well, not that I know of. No, okay. All right. It might be, I mean, it's certainly becoming more difficult to get into the States because yeah. I read a story today about a woman who was refused entry at the, at the point of entry yeah. because they found um, a text message on her phone. They'd already taken her in because, for some reason, you know, they didn't like her application. They found a text message on her phone which suggested that she had taken cocaine. Really? So they didn't let her in. Bloody hell. Well, you know, I mean, when anyone who's applied for the ESTA, which is the visa waiver programme, it says, it it doesn't make it compulsory, but it says you have to get all sorts of arcane details, like your grandparents. But it might say, have you taken Well, it says, uh, no, on the ESTA thing it says, uh, give us your social media accounts. Yeah. Right, tell us, are you on Facebook? Yeah. What's your account? Twitter? Well, it does that, but it only, at the moment it's only, it's it's only optional. advisory. It's yeah. optional. So, you know, what are they looking for? They're looking for people who, you know, they're going to trawl, looking for keywords for various... Yeah, maybe. No, maybe terrorist stuff. Yeah. Okay, great. But also, you know, you know, when does anti-Trump become yeah. a thing that means Absolutely. you can't get into the States? These yeah, days, you know? well, that's it. Yeah. And, you know, they are very hot on all of that stuff. Yeah. And they don't have a sense of humour. No, not at all. No, 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 no. You know, you You've got to play that one straight, yeah. It's very weird. But, I mean, you know, in America, for example, we've had all kinds of, you know, sex scandals, you know, drug scandals. And there is a certain part of me that thinks people who are in that business are going to lead those kinds of lives. Yeah. And, you know, we know well enough from just being in the business that we're in. I mean, politics is, is, is as, as Katy Perry once said to me, uh, you know, it's Hollywood for the... Uh, for the, for, the, for the ugly people, basically. You know. and, How do we get in there? But, you know, I mean, the idea that Boris Johnson is seen as a sex symbol, yeah. you know, yeah. is quite remarkable. Although somebody sent me a link today saying that 61% of women prefer these dad bods now to, rather than a sort of stripped-down six-pack, which, well, which, which I found gratifying. So, but I th- so I think being podgy and, and sort of blonde and having yeah. loads of hair... Well, loads of money is a good one. Loads of well. money goes... I think for... loads of money goes and he's a lot funny. further and than he's loads funny. of muscles. He's funny. Yeah. yeah, there's no doubt about that. Well, I'm going to ask you a question about him in a minute, yeah. uh, but I'll just stop for a sec. So here's the question, right? If he does win, which we expect him to, because bar- barring some yeah. serious gaffe, yeah. Which I don't think he's going to make. Well, he's six to one on yeah. with Ladbrokes now. Yeah. Well, unless his vote completely disappears, you know, this week, I can't see that happening. Yeah. Um, he's so far ahead that it's not even, there's not any point in conversing yeah. about it. But what about this, right? The last time anybody in Downing Street was unmarried and got married while they were in Downing Street was 1888. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. And if you think all the way back to Tony Blair, um, what about um, 
the idea that Boris Johnson is the first kind of bachelor yeah. prime minister it's since bad, Ted Heath, right? Not a bad chat-up line, is it? Do you want to come back to my yeah, place? Where do you but, live? But also, imagine, <laughs> can you imagine also um, Boris Johnson having a sort of a complete string of women. <laughs> you know, who's he got tonight? Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, the yeah. paps will be out there. So yeah. this, this girlfriend of his, who apparently has tamed him, right? Right. Um, who's very much from the home county. She's actually the daughter of one of the guys who founded the Independent. Is that which one? Mark, um, Simmons, is it Simmons? Is that his name? Yeah. Uh, not sure. I'm Andrew, Matthew, Matthew Simmons. Simmons. Matthew Simmons, Matthew that's Simmons. right. Yeah. She's that's his right. daughter. Yeah. Ah. So she's very much grown up yeah, in yeah, some yeah. of the heartlands of, of Tory land. You know? Yeah. Um, and uh, so my view is, is that I'm not sure that you can have a prime minister, and I'm being maybe very old-fashioned here, who has a girlfriend. Who's on Tinder. Well, do you know, he's got a girlfriend, you know, who he's left his wife for. Well, well why, you know, why couldn't you have that? Well, because I don't think she should be in Downing Street with him. What if, well, are you saying that you couldn't be Prime Minister and have, you know, not be married to somebody? Well, I think it's tricky. I'm not saying you couldn't do it. I'm On just, what I'm basis, the, Well, I'm putting the question to you, right? Yeah. Because she, she is, you know, much younger than him. Yeah. It's very clear, you know, what his attraction is to her. Right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. How dare I'm sorry. Be physically attracted. Well, well she, I'm, I'm sure, by the way, that she is a very smart, intelligent person. Oh, she is. Person. Well, she came from you know. Tory Central Office. She yeah. was a press officer. She yeah. was an advisor. All those that's things, right. right? I just think it looks a bit odd. That's all. I mean, he hasn't yeah. got divorced yet. Yeah, so, you know, the ink is not drying. As so he's. Like, I didn't know you were this puritanical. This I'm not at all puritanical. You've now got me. I've been defending Gove. Now you've got me defending <laughs> Boris Johnson. This is how I can't good believe I am, right? it. But the point, you know. Yeah. But but I just think it will be a bit odd. I mean, you know, what's he going to do? Yeah. So the next time um, I don't know Donald Trump visits, you know, uh, she'll be on his arm. She's she? my girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> it just seems a bit odd. That's all. I'm sure Donald Trump will understand that. He'll one. be fine. <laughs> you know. But you know what I mean? It just feels slightly weird. Yeah. I don't know. And I, don't I know. wonder whether he shouldn't... I mean, maybe I'm being completely ridiculous, yeah. but maybe he shouldn't move her into Downing Street until he's married her. You, well, OK. Uh, well, I'm sure point? politically that would that would make sense. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing I wanted to get onto because we're never going to reach agreement yeah. on that one. But Sajid Javid said something very interesting about... or was asked by Krishnan Guru Murphy, yeah. is Britain ready for a British-Pakistani prime minister? Yeah. And he said that he thought we were the most multiculturally successful democracy in the world. You know, I'm, you know, I'm sure he's right. I interviewed David Lammy for uh, for GQ. Right. About What's two... he actually like? Because I... Lammy? He's never... He'll never come on my show. He'll right? never talk to us. He's a really nice guy. Is he? Really, I mean, I think he's got an ego as well, you know, and he likes sure to sound his own voice. But he he does... He I mean, he's he has come from, you know, desperately poor uh, situation uh-huh. in Tottenham. Growing up, his dad walked out on him when he was a young kid. And he's made himself this this personality, mm. which I I think you know he he's strident, I mean, he's, he's passionate, opportunist as well. Though. Do mean, you think he, so? Oh yeah, he but jumps he, on to the bandwagons that he wants to jump onto. Well, that's politics. But I mean, yeah. he, well, I mean, he alienated himself from Corbyn and Co by being mm. so vociferous about Remain, which is right. obviously one of the reasons I I like him. Yeah. But anyway, I asked Lammy, um, you know. Is Britain ready for its first black prime minister? Yeah. And to be fair to him, he wasn't suggesting that he was going to be. Right. And he said, very interesting. I thought he said, it's not a question whether the candidate is ready to be prime minister. It's whether it's whether the would you want to be prime minister in a country that did not accept you completely? Yeah. He said he keeps getting asked all the time. You know, you're not from here, are mm. you? You know, you're not you're not English. Mm. Is a is a thing that's well, you mean, that It's just you know racist trolling yeah. and all of this business. Yeah, yeah. And he said, would you want to be prime yeah. minister in a nation that wasn't 
ready yeah. for a multicultural yeah. leader. See, I think Britain is by far and away one of the most multicultural and yeah. tolerant countries in the world. Yeah. I've always said about America, America's a divided nation on race, okay? Yeah. You go, I mean, you've been there often enough, yeah. I'm sure. You know, it is not in any way the same as London. When you yeah. go on a tube station uh, platform in London, you see everything. Of course. Right? And all sorts of languages yeah, and everything. Yeah, exactly. Is. Now, you don't go to lots of parts of America which are completely white. Yeah. I mean, where my sister lives, for example, is in the outskirts of New Haven, where Yale University is. Yeah. Very beautiful, very middle class. There's not one black family living anywhere within okay. probably 20 miles of her. Really? Yeah. Wow. And that's, and that's just replicated all over yeah. the place. I mean, there are plenty of successful, wealthy Latino people and um, Asian people yeah. and, uh, and black people, but they don't. They don't sort of mix together, no. really, in a, in a funny sort of way, you know. Because London's a London's a weird city in the sense that you get um, you get all sorts of different neighbourhoods yeah. jammed right yeah. next to each other, don't right. you? You haven't got a rich part of London no. or a poor part of London, no. but you've got pockets of exceptional wealth and mm. exceptional poverty. Yeah. But generally, there's a lot more mixing. But I, I do think you know, and people who are listening to this and they're not from London, it's hard to really understand until you spend a few days in London. Yeah. You go up to the top deck of a double-decker bus, yeah. and you can hear 12 different languages. Right. Now, you either find that strange and perhaps threatening, or you sit there, as I do, and think, how marvellous, you know, that all of these people want to come to yeah. this global city and we can all rub along sure. together, more or less. Absolutely, know? and it's always been a bit like that. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of changed over time. And lots of parts of Britain, I think, are like that. Yeah. There are parts of Britain which are, shall we say, you know, less capable of handling maybe a big influx of one particular, yeah. you know, um, people from a particular country. Yeah. Like I remember people from Peterborough once saying, and Peterborough was in the news, that for some reason loads of people from the Czech Republic ended up in Peterborough. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if that's true because yeah. I haven't been to Peterborough no. and I don't know what, you know, what the situation is. Yeah. But, you know, Britain has always been a place for me yeah. that is a very good yeah. mixing point and I mean, that's the way I'd want it. And I know? think, you know, I, obviously I grew up in Liverpool in the 70s yeah. and 80s and, and you had, you did have ghettos in those days, you know, and you had the Toxteth riots and you mm. riots in Brixton, Bristol, all over the place. And I think from that point, that, that was a bit of a turning point where people sat up and realised that, you know, there, there are all sorts of cultures in this country yeah. and the point is that's what makes this country work. Yeah. And by the way, this is one of the reasons that I get so defensive about Brexit, you know, mm. that I think it sends a, a message and maybe only a message, maybe it's, it's other than that, it's just perception, but it does send the message that Britain is a an insular place rather than yeah. an open see, I don't, I, don't, I don't think that it does. I can see why you would say that because there are people who want to be um, isolated and there are certainly yeah. people who want Brexit who vo who voted for that reason but I don't see that because we don't like the European Union yeah. and we don't want to be part of it that we cease to be European yeah. you know well, I we really don't and I really don't mean my attitude to Europe it will not change but it's the reasons that we don't like the European yeah. Union or what the problem are so yeah. if if you're a French person or a German person working in the city of London and you're making lots of tax and contributing to the economy yeah. and you hear people saying there are too many immigrants. You know, we've got to stop yeah. migration. We've got to stop people coming in. But not everybody's that feels, saying that, though. No, but a lot of people are saying that. And, and I think that sends a message that, do you know what, you're not welcome. But a lot of people are saying that because they feel as if their lives have been changed irrevocably That's right. and by immigration. And, and some are, of them have. Absolutely. And this brings us nicely back to Tony Blair, you mentioned earlier. Yes. Because Tony Blair and his government were absolutely and utterly responsible for changing the yes. role of um, you know people from outside of Britain in Britain. Yeah. They actively encouraged more and more people, and Ed Miliband admitted this yeah. as much yeah. later, a few years later, 
that they invited immigrants here for a specific reason. Mm. They wanted more immigrants here because they felt that they needed them. And so they created this thing. But he's been uh, making videos lately, hasn't he? He has. I mean, just on the, on the migration yeah. point, he, he, I saw a video, that uh, a documentary that he made. I think it was about Brexit on the BBC. It was a very good... It might have been Laura Koonsberg's yeah. documentary. And Blair said, you know, that's one of the things we got wrong. You know, we uh, didn't appreciate the, the effects of the influx. And I absolutely understand that if you're in a community in the northeast of England and you feel like you've been swamped yeah. by European immigrants and you're not getting any support from Westminster, right. of course you're going to get But what's the difference off. then between people in those parts of the country and yeah. London? Is it because... In London, we're more used to it, or because we're all a bit more, you know, you got 10 sophisticated. Million, well, you've got 10 million people here, and yeah. you've got maybe, you know, you go to a, a medium-sized town in the northeast where you've got 60,000 people. You yeah. get three or 4,000 yeah. people, all of one nationality, right. all do, you know, so suddenly it feels like that, a big though? chunk. Why wouldn't you want that, is my question. Well, why would you be upset that, yeah. say, for example, there's now a Polish shop on the corner yeah. instead of a shop that was run by, yeah. you know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith? Yeah. Well, I, I would, just think... I wouldn't care. Well, I'm sorry. I don't care. And I'm sorry uh, to be as blunt with this answer as possible. I think there are just people who are just uncomfortable with different races. Yeah. And, and that is on the margins of racism. It's a controversial one for you. I always used to do this if I was one not sure if I could get calls on an overnight show. <laughs> and it's this. I believed for a long time that the working class in this country are very racist. Right. Right? <laughs> Let me work out how I'm going to respond to that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, a lot of the people who you're talking about yeah. are from the working classes, okay? Yes. It's an ideal image where you've got, you know, salt of the earth people, you know, put your arm around your gran and all yeah. that. It's lovely, yeah. isn't it? You know, that's a bit of a myth. Yes. Um, I, well, and the evidence would suggest, yeah. and I'm not saying this is an absolute, because nothing is, but the evidence would suggest that the areas where they object to immigration most are working class areas. I th- okay, so my spin on that would be that if... I don't think anyone's genetically racist. I think you environmentally yeah. become a racist, yeah. either by what you've been told as a kid or the fact that you go to school and everybody's white in the school. Yeah. Now, my kids go to the school at the top of the road here in Highbury yeah. and there's every colour on the spectrum there. Yeah. My kids have never referred to race because it's just completely normal to yeah. them. So I think... People do grow up as products of their environment in that regard. Are they racist uh, genetically? No, I don't think they are. I think they they are probably more impacted by some of the problems we've talked about mm. and feel it more. And if there's not a, you know, if you're in a community and you're feeling that your life is, is going backwards yeah. because of this influx of people and no one is explaining to you why it isn't mm. or nobody is giving you the benefit of the economic boost that, that we see in London or, you know, in Liverpool, yeah. then, of course, you're going to feel bitter and, and left out. And is that racism? I think in some people it is. I yeah. was at a party the other day where somebody used the N-word yeah. in casual conversation. Right. And to my great shame, I was sitting around a big table, mm. but nobody blinked, and I, I didn't think it was yeah. the moment to stand up and say, you cannot say right. that. It wasn't in London. Was uh, it in humour or was it just... Uh, no, it wasn't. It was, it was in a... It was, in it was a, a description. It, yes, it mm. says... It, it was about... Um, yeah, about... You know, it was a horrible yeah. caricature. Yeah. And, and nobody blinked. Yeah. Now, it made me realise that outside of... You would never, ever, ever be able to say that, I don't think, around a table in London. No, unless you were around a table of black people who would quite... Yeah, obviously right, OK. So who have, have the prerogative to, yeah. to do what they like with that word. But... But this was a white person using yeah, yeah. the N-word. And 
and without any sense of, you know, like, here's an outrageous thing to say. Yeah. You know, I think they probably felt more embarrassed about swearing than yeah. they did about using so, it. Yeah. So there are pockets of the country that are quite comfortable with what you and I, and I hope most people listen to this podcast, would consider to be outrageous racism. Yes. No, I think that's true. But just going back to Tony Blair, yeah. um, he's been defending himself recently. He has, yeah. Um, and a lot of people, but bizarrely, because social media is what it is, a lot of people commenting on his jacket being too big for him. Yeah, rather than actually what he was saying. But it is quite a weird looking jacket. But I mean, he's fed up to the back teeth yeah. of being lumped in, it would seem, by Jeremy Corbyn with all of the terrible governments of the last 30 yeah, years. Right. You know, Thatcher, Blair, yeah. Brown, yeah. Cameron, you know, the coalition. They're all the same. They're all know. the same. And they're not. And I they're really know. not. But I looked at it and I thought to myself, it's all very well to say, look at all this money we spent on the healthcare system and look at how many more... You know, he was responsible for, for inventing PFI, yeah. right? So all the hospitals that were built were built with private money. Yeah. And we're still paying that off. Yeah. And all the people that put the money in are making an absolute fortune. Yeah. And I'm actually a, a fan of Tony Blair. I get pelters from people because yeah. he's now a yeah. war criminal yeah. and the world's worst kind of prime minister. Yeah. And how could he have been responsible for going into uh, Iraq, Iraq with, yeah. with Bush? But I thought that he transformed this country in the same way that Thatcher did. Well, I'll tell you what, mate. I mean, if you had... You know, Boris Johnson, Theresa May, Jeremy Corbyn, yeah. and Tony Blair yes. on a lineup for Prime Minister. I think he'd win a, an well, absolute landslide. He wouldn't, unfortunately, because people. Well, not now, not now, yeah. but as uh, you know, going into yeah. an election. Oh yeah. And, and, you know, I get why people are. I was on that march against Iraq. You know, you and I both worked on the Daily yeah. Mirror. The Mirror lost circulation yeah. by saying, you know, this is bloody awful. Yeah. You know, so I'm I'm right up with anybody mm. about hating Iraq, but it doesn't blind me to the fact that. Over those that decade, mm. it was a, a, a very good, I think, decade yes. for British politics. I know. think he modernised the country. Yes, right. Um, in a way that Thatcher kind of got us away from the slavery mm. to the unions and yeah. the fact that nothing worked and there were strikes all the time. You know, he kind of moved us into the digital age. I think yeah. it might have been. It might, yeah. If you look back to '97 now and think, oh, is that what you call the digital age? I mean, it was. <laughs> yeah. But suddenly we were. Yeah. It seemed to me a sort of modern, yeah. thrusting economy. And everything was a bit more bright and optimistic, yeah. you know. Yeah. And you remember Noel Gallagher and Downing yeah. Street and all of this. But, I mean, OK, you look back at that now and you think that was all a load of schmoozing. And, but, but nevertheless... And spin. And, spin. and of course, you know, my the, great the friend Alistair is the yeah. king of spin. But right. I do think in terms of achievements, you know, you can start with peace in Northern Ireland and you can work your way down to... You know, improving, uh, introducing the minimum wage, yeah. you know, gay rights, yeah. uh, civil partnerships, all of these. I mean, these are huge, big, chunky bits of policy that yeah. came in. And I just think the idea that Jeremy Corbyn can infer that there was no focus on social inequality mm. during the, what is the most successful Labour government in terms of holding the office well, the only is ridiculous. Well, well, in fact, the only elected Labour government of all time. Yes, that's right. Since that's about, right. what, the Second World War or since the 50s, anyway? Well, since Clem Attlee. Yeah, yeah. since yeah. Clem Attlee. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, the idea that uh, the Corbyn... And the, but the Corbynites hate Blair more than they hate anybody else. Oh, my God, honestly. I mean, they really do. They've invented this word centrist, yeah. which, um, you know, the people like me are centrists. You know, I've voted Labour all my but life. it's an insult, right? It's an absolute insult, yeah. except I've started to try and reclaim it and say, right. yeah, bloody right, I'm a centrist, yeah. you know, because I'm not a bloody extremist. Yeah, exactly. And... And people, uh, you know, on Twitter, that's one of the reasons I've dropped out of yeah. Twitter is because you cannot have a debate with people. Right. You can't sit down and talk like no. we're talking now because everybody is so polarised. Right. And to the Corbynites, 
these centrists, in other words, right. people who are long-held yeah. Labour voters, are the scum of the earth. Yeah. And they would sooner side with a Tory than they yeah, would yeah. with one of these people. Oh, totally. It's incredible. It really is absolutely unbelievable. Funny, a lot of people have been asking me if you are on Twitter, and I'm saying they're not. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, that doesn't matter as much as the fact that our podcast is doing very well, by It the is way. doing very well. And the other one I wanted to tell you about is I've had a couple of these from people saying that they think you sound a bit like Ray Stubbs. I've heard that, yeah. Now, I'm appalled. Is that because, he's, <laughs> is he not from, like, Tranmere or somewhere? Or is he a Tranmere supporter? I think he might. I think he's. A, I don't know where so he's gone. To be part honest, the world yeah. as you maybe. He's, he's, I don't yes. think you, you sound too much like Ray Stubbs. I, I, you know, you can never hear your own voice mm. really, but I can see where people yeah. get it from. My my Liverpool accent. If you'd have spoken to me twenty five years ago, you'd yeah. have needed like subtitles. Right. But twenty five years in London, <laughs> and it's and it's. When well, I first out. met you, I think you spoke pretty much like this. Really? Yeah, I think okay. so. Maybe I was just been put, about putting I don't on two thousand or something. Yeah. Well, okay, so yeah, maybe the first four or five years. Anyway, it wears off a little bit. Yeah. If I go back to Liverpool and get drunk, yeah. then it's all a bit like it this, you know. Back, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got any milk? Yeah, you know? it's great. It's fantastic. <laughs> but that's again, Britain. See, I've always said about Britain, Britain is not one country really, because no. um, when I moved to Scotland, where I lived for about six years, I felt much more um, at home there. Um, than I would say, for example, going to live in Liverpool yeah. or Manchester or Leeds. Yes. You know, because the north of England, to me, is kind of um, a bit of a mystery. A different place. You know, yeah. very different place. Yeah. You know, I've driven through it loads of times. I've stayed, I've done shows up there. I mean, all of that. But, people, you know, people in Scotland, I suppose because my parents are both from Scotland, you know, I have more of an affinity yeah. in a way with Glasgow and Edinburgh yeah. than I have with any of the towns in the north of England. Well, it, I mean, it is very, very different. Yeah. And, I, you know, I was up there recently yeah. and walking around and there are parts of Merseyside that I... I think, my God, this is just idyllic, you know. Yeah. And and the people, you walk into a shop in Liverpool and ask for something, and they, all right, love, yeah, how yeah. Are you doing? What's your day yeah. like? You know, I mean, it is. It's very different mm. to to down here. The thing that, about down here is that the weather's about twice as good. So yeah. that's why I like being yeah. down here. But I always thought that for a paper like the Daily Mirror, for instance, which has its roots in mm. in working class, moving to Manchester or Liverpool as and having its headquarters yes. in the north would have been an amazing point of difference yeah. for them you know um, yeah. like the Manchester Guardian the yes. Guardian started in Manchester well it didn't work for the BBC though did it they moved no. to Manchester and, and yeah. it all went horribly it's wrong it's all gone a bit pear-shaped and it's all gone very pear-shaped and them. Channel 4 are moving to Leeds well are they it? still yes they are but they, but they said that none of the senior executive are going <laughs> And 80% of the current staff are going to re- resign yeah. rather than do it. So it's, it's I don't awesome know what that's all it? about. Yeah. It's very bizarre. Well, we'll have to talk about the BBC another time because yeah. we're out of time. We are already. Already. Amazing. That's it's flown a, by. It's ridiculous, isn't it? By the way, we should say, because a couple of people have said mm. that the sound quality was a bit iffy. Yeah. We, it's getting better, I hope, week well, yeah, by week. We're working on it. Yeah. We are working on we it. We are so. working on it. And hopefully this one's better than the last one. Yeah. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Uh, Martin Luther King shagged around. Gandhi right. used to like to sleep with young kids in his right. bed. You know, mm. th- there is a procession of people who do great things and are also human. And if I was Gove, I'd have said, I made a mistake. Mm. It wasn't an uncommon mistake to make in that industry at that time. Yeah. It, but it was a big mistake, and I've learned from that mistake. And in government, I will help others in that same situation yeah. not make the mistake I made. Yeah. So my view is, is that I'm not sure that you can have a Prime Minister, and I'm being maybe very old-fashioned here, who has a girlfriend. Who's on Tinder. Well, do you know, he's got a girlfriend, you know, who he's left his wife for. Well, well why, you know, why couldn't you have that? 
Well, because I don't think she should be in Downing Street with what if, well, are you saying that you couldn't be Prime Minister and have, you know, not be married to somebody? Well, I think it's tricky. I'm not saying you couldn't do it. I'm On just, what basis, I'm putting the, Well, I'm putting the question to you, right? Yeah. What do you know about Boris Johnson? I mean, here's what we do know, right? Yeah. He's been sacked twice for being dishonest, yeah. once to the government, once to the newspaper. Yeah. He uh, wrote two letters... You know, the man who now proclaims himself to be the guardian of Brexit, he yeah. wrote two columns for the Daily Telegraph. Yeah, but, I, but everybody does that. I well, don't have a problem really? with that. Really? Well, well you clearly what, didn't well, have the that. Night, the night that we were, you know, the night that Beijing got awarded the Olympics, right? yeah. I was working at the Daily Express in the features department. Yeah. We wrote five because <laughs> we didn't know who was going to get it. No, no, no. And guess what one we didn't write? Beijing. <laughs> Very good. That's excellent.